This podcast is made possible by the generous support of RSM. RSM's purpose is to deliver the power of being understood to their clients, colleagues, and communities through world-class audit, tax, and consulting services focused on middle market businesses. The business world is evolving rapidly. In this fast-paced environment, RSM understands that you need an advisor who thinks ahead and rapidly responds to your changing needs. At RSM, they build strong relationships based on a deep understanding of what matters most to their clients. Welcome to another episode of the Puget Sound Business Journal's Secrets of the Middle Market podcast. Today, we're talking with Sari Davidson, founder and CEO of Issaquah-based Boogenhead. In 2005, Davidson had a problem, the kind of problem that can at times feel like a major problem for a parent. Her son, then just less than a year old, kept throwing his sippy cup to the ground over and over again from his high chair during meals, from his car seat, from his stroller. For him, it was a fun little game. For his mom, not so much. Davidson said she went online and browsed the aisles of local stores looking for some sort of device that could keep her son's cup off the ground. She found nothing. And so she went to Target and bought an $80 sewing machine. She didn't even know how to sew. Yet, she created a strap keep the cup attached to high chairs and car seats. And from that first product came her company, now known as Boogenhead. Davidson said her company was first to market with a universal clip that keeps pacifiers from falling to the ground. Others in the market followed Boogenhead's model. Today, Boogenhead sells pacifier and baby cup clips, bibs and other products. Last year, the company launched a new kind of silicone tether that attaches any cup bottle or toy to car seats, strollers, and high chairs. The company, with $5 million in annual sales, now sells over 1.5 million pacifier clips a year, in addition to its other products. It grew more than 36% last year, and before COVID, its 2020 distribution expanded by 77% in Walmart alone. The company is entirely self-funded. Sari and I talked about how people are more likely to spend more on their kids and even their pets than themselves during times when budgets are tight, how Boogenhead has rapidly gotten a new e-commerce and social media strategy up and running over the past 10 months, and what to do with a whole bunch of leftover fabric in China during a pandemic. Tell me, tell me about the company and how how you got started. It it sounds like like a really cool story. Yeah, I, it was truly one of those um, you know cliche sort of mother of invention type of stories. I have always been an entrepreneur at heart. I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. I had a small recruiting company prior to this. And it was way back in 2005, Um, my son, who's now 16 and driving, was almost a year old and trying to learn how to use a sippy cup. And it kept sort of falling out of his hands and falling to the ground, and I kept picking it up. And he, uh, he realized pretty quickly that that was a fun little game. 
that he could just then throw the sippy cup and mom would just keep picking it up and bringing it back to him. And uh, when he was in the stroller, when he was in the car, um, and it just sort of got to be a problem. And so I went online, I went um, to the local stores and I couldn't find anything that helped solve that problem for me. And so I literally went to Target and got bought an $80 sewing machine, didn't even know how to sew or what, a, you know, what it was, what I had to do to thread the bobbin. And I sat down at my kitchen table and was working with sort of backpack strap material, like that thick nylon, and just sort of created something for myself um, to help solve that problem. And my first product uh, was called, or is still in existence, is called the Sippy Grip. And uh, it took several iterations. I passed it out to my mom group friends, and I put up a little website. Uh, I was working at the time, um, still in recruiting and HR, and um, sort of sort of put it to the side for a little bit because I was recruited by Microsoft to come and move here and work for them and their recruiting group. And um, a, about a year after I was into that job, the the entrepreneurial bug was sort of nipping at me again. And in 2007 is when I really decided to do something real with it. And um, and that's when I launched at a trade show with that one item. I had found a way to sort of do like a, a small production run. Um, I was pregnant with my second child at this trade show where there were all these major brands at and was approached by Target at that show to be in what is is now not a program, but it was it was actually a really cool program. It was called the Parent Invented Products Program, where they took 16 completely unknown brand new products, put them on the shelves for six months under a header of what will they do next, um, Parent Invented Products. And that's really, that trade show and that program is really what launched my company in 2007. Um, and I did both Microsoft and Boogenhead. It was initially my company was just called Sippy Grip because that's all I had. Um, and I did both for three years until, uh, and came out with other products uh, and until my company was over a million dollars and profitable. Um, and left Microsoft in the in late 2010. And incidentally, I won um, uh, 40 under 40 while I was still at Microsoft um, and doing Boogenhead at the same time uh, back way back when. So pr obviously prior to 2010, maybe it was 2009, 2010, one of those years. So it was it was absolutely a, a labor of love, you know, doing two jobs for, for that long before committing to it full time. How did you come up with the name Boogenhead? So Boogenhead uh, is a term that we used in our household when somebody did something that they shouldn't have, but kind of makes you laugh. Like my son constantly throwing his cup to the floor to watch me pick it up. Um, you're being such a boogenhead. And it, um, boogenhead are products to solve um, problems for parents, uh, you know, the, to solve the boogenhead factor is sort of like what we like to say. Um, I wanted something that was unique, that was a, not a, a name that anyone else would have. 
I liked that it was towards the start of the alphabet for uh, back, way back when, you know, when you would open a phone book or what have you, you know, you're at the top if you uh, have a word in the A's and the B's. And um, I knew it was something I could easily patent and get a website for. And uh, it turns out that buyers at retailers really liked it because they said, you know, gosh, we're never going to forget who you are. Um, you don't have a general name like, you know, a cute baby company name. And um, it's just really stuck. So tell me about your annual sales and how the pandemic has impacted that? So we um, were small. We're about a $5 million company. Um, you know, that obviously in 2020 has gone down a bit, um, but not as much as we thought it would. You know, we, our major retailers are Walmart and Target and Buy by Baby and Amazon. And so um, Walmart and Target stayed fully open throughout all of COVID partially because they have, you know, grocery and essentials and so forth. And so um, so that was, you know, really key for us in terms of surviving this year. Um, and like I said, you know, I, it, you know, people go, oh, gosh, you, you know, they may think, oh, you've been, in, you've been in business for, you know, 13 years and you would think a company may be, you know, higher revenue than that, but you have to sort of, Think about when one of your top-selling items sells on the shelf for under $5, um, and then you, you can kind of put the math together of what you might be selling that to the retailer for, for them to put it on the shelf for $5. Uh, got to sell a lot of widgets to get to $5 million, right? So, um, so you know, our products are, are meant to be items that are – truly affordable for everyone, but that also uh, are truly high quality and feel like something that you would um, buy in a, in a higher-end boutique. Um, are people tightening their belts and, and going with the, with the basics when it comes to their kids a little bit more? Uh, well, I think the, the beauty of, of being in, 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 this, in the industry that's servicing babies specifically, not just kids, but babies, people will always spend money on um, children and pets before they spend for themselves, um, typically. That is sort of um, the rule of thumb. And so it, you know, it absolutely has given us a hit for sales. But I think even more than that is, and this is a very obvious, we now see it very obviously, but going into the pandemic, you know, we had been formulating a really, um, we'd been putting together an e-commerce strategy that we were going to be executing um, in 2020, but we weren't quite there yet. We were still sort of pulling it together. We were um, looking at bringing in some outside resources to do that. And then the pandemic hit. And uh, I, I think that there's some data behind this, but like before the pandemic, online sales were growing by, I think, around like 10% a year. And then during the pandemic, it grew, you know, like 10 times that rate within the time of the pandemic. And so for us, you know, what it really did was it, it just catapulted us into um, 
optimizing for that channel um, and for stepping out of our box. So actually what we did, which I'm really proud of, is that we we have these um, beautiful uh, teether bibs um, that is made out of this, you know, really nice um, cotton material with a silicone teether on the end. And um, we had made a whole bunch of different designs and had them in um, sort of a display unit at Walmart about a year ago. And when you do something like that, you have to order and produce a ton of raw material in order to just get, you know, get it printed to make them into the bibs. So we had literally in January, we had just written a big check to our factory overseas for all of this excess material that we had not used in a year. And they were like, listen, you either make them into the bibs or you pay for the material because it's rolls and rolls of like beautiful material. And the what we were doing with Walmart was sort of like this, it was a promotional sort of like this one in, one out. And we didn't have a need to make all of that into the bibs. We just would have been swimming in bibs. And so pretty, and this is a long-winded story, but um, I had pretty early on in the pandemic, I mean, we're talking like March, before people were wearing masks, I went to my team and I was like, I'm always looking on Amazon and going, okay, so if I see something pop up on Amazon, I know it's going to start to be a trend of some sort. And I went to my team and I was like, I think we had been really banging our head against the wall of what were we going to do with this material. And um, I was like, I think we should make masks out of it. And my team looked at me like I was had four heads. Like, nobody's going to be wearing masks. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's the worst idea I've ever heard. And then with, you know, everything happened so was happening so quick, within about three weeks, I went back and I was like, we're doing this. Like, it's happening. And um, we just, you know, it was sort of perfect timing. We just did this, like, huge race to market and it just so happened that the factory that was making our bids also had already been making masks for other vendors in other countries or what have you and so we pumped out uh you know we really stepped outside of our box and like pumped out a huge line of masks that hit the market and were incredibly successful we were written up in um, on Forbes and GQ. We've got a lot of press around it. Um, and um, it's been a great, you know, sort of addition for us. And what it did was it really helped us um, move further into sort of that e-commerce world that was really picking up quick. It also helped us sort of open our minds to, okay, we don't have to just stay in this, this just little lane in what we've been doing. And we um, can get, you know, let's get a little bit more creative. Um, and so, you know, one of the, this is a really good example of why up until this time I've um, sort of stayed as, you know, 100% owned is that when you're making decisions like that or you're pivoting the company to optimize for e-commerce, you have to make those decisions very quickly. And one of our strengths has always been that we, when we come up with an idea, 
we can bring items to market incredibly quickly, much faster than other companies that are in our space because we don't have layers of red tape that we have to go through. And so what, what this pandemic has actually done for us, um, the masks were sort of the start of that, is that we, um, we actually have really changed our business model um, and uh, normally what we do is we, we very safely sort of create items. We're, we're always coming up with new innovative items. We go to our large retailers, we pitch those items, and then whatever they pick up will sort of push out to the rest of market. And that's a very safe way of doing it because you're not manufacturing anything that you don't know doesn't have a really solid home. And what we realized, and I realized pretty quickly, is that in this world, you sort of, with e-commerce just absolutely rising so fast, is that you really have to become your own retailer. And the barrier to entry now of people entering any sort of market that has a product is like now nothing. Like anybody can set up a shop on Etsy or a, a Amazon. You, nobody really knows if it's being made in their garage, right? It's just sort of like, it's this like wild west, like e-commerce world. And so, um, I, you know, as I was seeing, you know, this unfolding in front of me, I, I just, we pivoted super quickly. Um, the masks were sort of the first thing. And um, we have since, I hired an internal um, e-commerce manager to come in and really help us optimize to get our products really out there online in a way that we just ha we didn't have the resources internally to do that and actually put some real power behind it. I also hired a, a young social media content person that could really up-level what, what we're putting out on social media and online because that is where people are buying now, right? Is there scrolling through Instagram because they don't have other things to do and purchasing that way. And then uh, we also um, have been working with an outside design firm and we have this absolutely stunning new, huge new line that we are um, going to be coming out with at the start of next year that we're launching specifically out on these e-commerce channels and and then pre also presenting to retailers. So we're not waiting for the retailers to pick it up for us to put it out there. So, the, you know, in some ways the pandemic has been really hard on us, but in other ways it's really helped push us to kind of graduate to the way that the world is now and sort of optimize for opening up our creative channels, really sort of like, you know, putting, taking a risk and sort of going, these are these, because a lot of times we'll come up with like a whole suite of products and the retailer will only take one or two. And we have these other things that we think are amazing, but we don't go into production with them. And this has sort of allowed us to say, listen, we're really going to like put our best foot forward. And um, because now what's also happening is because everything is so e-commerce and social media focused, is that the retailers are now sort of seeing what's out there and then bringing in based off of what's already selling online. And so we're sort of optimizing for that world. Tell me a little bit more about what, what optimizing for that 
that world means. Um, what are what are some of the specifics there that that you've had to adjust um, in order to be successful? Because this this shift in consumer behavior, it not only yeah. is it just fascinating, it, it, it's it's come on so fast. So fast. So, um, you know, personally, I think for me, um, you know, I've been in this business 13 years now, and when I started, uh, my kids were young, right? Like I was, I was, I was making products for what I was going to be using, and when I started, there was sort of um, what was sort of hot and like the news story back then was the mompreneur movement. I was like a mompreneur, right? Like it was, you may or may not remember, like it was sort of newsworthy, you know, that's where I got a lot of my press or what have you. And what I've seen and what I've realized is that the new competitors that are coming on the scene, they are very marketing um, focused. And um, I have, I think I had like a light bulb moment and it was not a good one where I was like, holy shit, I have aged out. I've aged out of being the person that can really not that I'm not can't be the front person for the company but what really dramatically changed is that my competitors were um like one of my bigger competitors is fairly new and she's in her mid to late 30s and like all day every day all she does is have she's on Instagram and she's just she's got the camera sort of turned on herself and her little kids are running around and you know blah 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 and it's like her you know she has like a million Instagram followers and it's like that sort of thing and it was sort of this light bulb moment of it's not that just people are buying online it's that the social media movement of of how why people are buying it's not that they're just going to Amazon it's a lot of people are on Instagram and it's influencers and it's you know people representing their brand and um, I just realized like I'm not the person that's going to be like walking around with the camera on them all day like first of all like there's no way i could have time to do that and second of all like to you know i'm selling baby products and i have a 16 year old asking for the keys to the car right so what i had to do and it was a very um you know wasn't a quick decision but it was like i had to make the decision and execute quickly was that I hired people to help me go do that. That I like, I brought in like a 20 something that knows like the TikTok and all of that stuff, right? And, um, and then, uh, like I said, I brought in an e commerce manager that, you know, is hard at work in optimizing all of our online listings, um, getting us on new platforms like Etsy and eBay and, um, helping us understand how to like put together our online strategy because it's not just putting products online. There's an entire strategy behind that that I just simply didn't know how to do. And so what was traditionally us so focused on the brick and mortar st- stores because that is where majority of our revenue comes from. Um, it, it has turned to, you know, what I'm seeing with companies now is, it's not product first, it's marketing first. And like I said, like you could have a 
14-year-old making something in their garage, but because they're super tech savvy and they're like incredible on Instagram and social media and like anyone can look like they have a big company. Um, we just really had to step up our game and in just having a strategy of how to compete in that world. And we're just like the goal was, and we're meeting that goal. The goal was get these people on board. Let's get them up and running, um, create these new products. And then the start of 2021, when the new products come out and we're launched, we're fully optimized to be able to like push it out to market in a way that the consumers now want to see it, which is through the social media channels and, and that sort of thing. So, um, so yeah, I mean, after 13 years of sort of doing something one way, um, I, I had to make some really quick decisions and um, take a look at how my competitors were what was what was allowing them to succeed um, and where were our gaps internally and, and how was I going to fix that? If I was going to if I was going to really make it in the sort of the post covid world, I had to make uh, internal changes to get there. And when did you uh, bring on these folks, uh, the e-commerce and uh, uh, social media it, managers? Yeah, I think it's been about about a couple months now that they've been on board and they've already made a huge difference. So like if you were to go to our Instagram, um, you know, you, you, they probably have cleaned up some of the old stuff, but you're going to see like, <laughs> like she's making me do like uh, my entire day, uh, my entire afternoon on Friday is recording TikTok videos like that, that they have, you know, have orchestrated for me to like bug and play into and um, just the way that the graphics are and um, the look and feel and the colors and all of that sort of stuff and that's the product of our um, new social media person that's come on and our e-commerce um, they both came on the same day so my background is HR and recruiting and I, I absolutely think my superpower um, is hiring really really good people and when I need to go and hire somebody like I know exactly how to go do that and I can get it done pretty darn quick uh, and so I was able to uh, find two people that I think were excellent and I also was able to open my doors my e-commerce managers in California I normally wouldn't hire somebody outside of Washington I'd like them to be my office but in this world like we don't know when we're going back and how we're you know we're we've been working pretty darn well remotely. So I wanted, you know, really good talent. And he came in and, you know, I thought we were just going to be able to sort of like hand over, like here, like here are all our listings, like go make them good and pretty and whatever. And it really, he really helped us uncover, like we need a better pricing strategy. Like we need, you know, we, we need this, we need that, you know? And so, just in the short time that both of them have been here, they've made a, a huge impact. And I feel really good about going into 2021 because I think that the, the base and the groundworks of what we really need to do for 2021 is we've got the right people on board. Yeah.